0: So welcome back to another episode of the Elite Body and Performance podcast and today we are joined by another fantastic guest Mr. Brian O'Loglin who took a masterclass for myself and my coaching team a couple of weeks ago on all things movement you know your flexibility your mobility The misconceptions with movement and so forth. And there was a lot of hidden gems in there for me and my team. And I thought it'd be incredible to bring him on the podcast to demonstrate the same wisdom to you guys and the listeners. So, Brian, a huge welcome to the podcast. And when you're ready, dude, introduce yourself.
1: Yes, thanks very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be asked, Beyond Reese. My name is Brian, as you mentioned, from a company called Movement 101. We're based in Dublin, right beside Dublin Airport. We have a studio here, which I'm in right now, but we are essentially an online. company, and we train clients, professional athletes, amateur athletes, and everyone in between to physically move better, perform better, and ultimately have confidence to do whatever they want to do with their body,
0: essentially. Absolutely. And I think it's such an amazing niche as well, because I think the world of movement is massively overlooked, and it's so underestimated the impact on somebody's performance and even, you know, longevity and and day-to-day. It's such a great topic that people need to really understand Because the difference it can then have on someone's lifestyle, you know, moving, pain-free, getting stronger in a gym and just day-to-day feeling a lot better is absolutely incredible. So I'm really excited for these next 20, 30 minutes and so forth. So first things first, why the world of movement? What got you into the world of movement?
1: Well, uh, injury for me. So I've been in the industry now uh, 15, 16 years, I think. 16 years, I'm 35 years of age. I'm nearly 36, which is awful. So I think I was around 20 when I first came in. And very typical of my journey was in the sense of I, I, I would help clients with fat loss. I would be doing classes. Yeah. But I had a really bad shoulder injury that I couldn't get rid of. So for four years, I tried pretty much everything. Uh, all the modalities, different types of physiotherapy, uh, dry needling, like you name it, I tried. That. I definitely got short-term relief, but I couldn't get uh, long-term relief. And I, I, at one stage, I never thought I'd move pain-free, but I, I got myself moving pain-free through exploring movement, gaining the real uh, confidence in myself to go down these avenues. And that just changed my mindset around helping my clients. So they had little niggles here or there, um, I and I would help them. And eventually I was like, well, Jay, I could actually help more people down this avenue. So I decided to change my demographic, yes. uh, my approach, and then Movement 101 was born five years ago. So I've been doing movement, quote unquote, for the last seven to eight years, and then Movement 101 is five years old. And we specifically, like I said, help people physically move better.
0: Amazing, and I was quite in quite a similar uh, position in regards to kind of stepping into taking movement a little bit more seriously. When I um I had a bit of a bulging disc between my L four L five, my lower back, okay. and for me, movement was oh god, it, you know, my back was so painful the morning, you know, I kind of lent on the sciatica nerve a little bit, so that shooting pain down down my right side towards my ankle, and movement became very tough for me. And it's something that I, that's when I really realised, you know. This is such an important thing that I should look after because as an athlete myself as well, you know, just being able to get for me, it's football, get around a football pitch properly without feeling pain and even just waking up in the morning and not feeling stiff and like you've got to crack 100 bones before you actually get get on with your working day. So I think it's so, so important for people to really understand the power and how much movement can have, not just a great impact on your day-to-day basis, but also your performance. And I think that's probably one thing that I guess from your experience of the working with, you know, thousands of pro athletes and entrepreneurs and so forth that you've realized. So I think it'd be really interesting to kind of lean on the, you know, the biggest misconceptions that you find people have surrounding movement.
1: Well, you actually mentioned it there, which is really interesting because I had the same experience myself. If you have an injury or you're in pain, people are oftentimes afraid to move or told not to move. So yeah. people feel fragile. And I remember myself for four years genuinely fearing I'm going to break down. I could potentially die. This is awful. Yeah, and I absolutely. just think there's, there's an awful lot of misinformation out there of good, of bad, of don't do this. When in reality, the issue we have both in the UK and in Ireland and across the world is a, a crisis of obesity. People don't yeah. physically move enough. And we're now putting barriers in place and making people fearful of moving so genuinely our aim and we haven't achieved that at all when we opened movement 101 we were trying to get the 80 percent of people who don't go to the gym and don't move anywhere near enough yeah. now we haven't done that because that's the biggest that's the hardest uh, thing that we're, we're all trying to do but like I, ultimately what we try to do is make movement much more accessible because again we just see it in the fitness uh, industry of technique and don't do this and that is bad and it's just fear-mongering when in most cases yeah. rounding your spine again if you have a disc issue movement is key because it's going to give the confidence going to give you the clarity going to give you ultimately the control and the strength to go and do what you want to do and again i've been there myself through injury i've helped uh, people athletes clients in similar positions just change their mindset around movement and really use it as an avenue for their personal development so that's a huge huge misconception we see is people literally being afraid to move. Don't be afraid to move.
0: Absolutely. And you know, you, you touched on it really, really well there and it's movement. Like as a byproduct, this is your health. It's your physique. You know, movement is one of the most important things that you can have in your day to day life to keep healthy and to build the physique you're after. So a lot of people are listening to this podcast because the likelihood is you have some kind of interest within the world of getting into the best shape you can possibly be in. and, That's going to require an element of movement. So if we're not really looking after our movement and really understanding, right, you know, how can I optimize my movement to therefore correlate with the goal that I'm trying to achieve with my body, you're going to hit that brick wall. You're going to hit that ceiling whereby you just can't break through it because you haven't properly understood what it is to move and how to move properly as well. And I think leaning on that as well, I think it'd be really interesting to break down the difference between mobility and flexibility, because obviously a lot of people are kind of think oh, it's like the same thing and they like there's no difference at all. But obviously, as we know, there, there's a slight difference between the two. So what, what is that kind of, if you will, a definition between mobility and flexibility?
1: Yeah. So like mobility, really simple. The definition from the dictionary is your ability to move. And that includes flexibility flexibility is just one aspect and the range of motion that you possess. And oftentimes that's more passive than active. So the misconception with mobility, it requires strength, it requires uh, flexibility, it requires coordination, it requires many elements and flexibility is one of those elements. But if you just take out one of those elements and focus purely on that, you're missing out on a whole spectrum of things that are going to improve literally your ability to move. And an awful lot of cases, People just focus on the flexibility side, which is fine. It's very good, but will only give you a certain level of result or potentially isn't the most not the most important, but isn't the right focus for most people. And in reality, again, strength training is much better because again you can improve your flexibility through strength training. You can't improve your flex or you can't improve your strength, sorry, through just doing flexibility.
0: That Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. And I think, you know, one of one of the things I suppose is often overlooked is think people think, you know, when it comes to mobility, flexibility, and so forth, the only way I can do it is by stretching, you know, the only way I'm going to get there is just stretch. But as you mentioned, just being able to have the right kind of routine on a day to day basis in regards to strength training, sleep you know, hydration, the right kind of foods you're having, the right recovery techniques, these kind of things can massively impact a a person's ability to move as well. Because if you are, you know, taking yourself away and focusing on stretching every day, but you're not looking after the external factors, i.e. recovery, sleep, the right kind of foods and so forth, you're going to find that you're still only going to get to that ceiling whereby you can't overcome because we're not looking after your day-to-day factors. Would you agree that that's a, you know, a super important part? 100%
1: 100% Everything you mentioned there Is what we And you would recommend For fat loss For, for being yeah. healthy That's the exact same thing When it comes to improving How you move I think I mentioned it at the training I delivered for your guys was the idea of sleep. Like if someone comes to me and they're getting four hours of sleep a night, I don't need, need, I shouldn't add more stress in the form of exercise because they're not recovering well. If we can improve their sleep, they will literally recover better, feel better and ultimately move better. And that's much more important for long-term change rather than giving them the most perfect mobility drill that they're lacking. But in reality, as you mentioned, they haven't got the lifestyle factors, the stress management the real foundational rocks that we want in place, because ultimately they're so much more important. And the other stuff is only supplementing this yeah, stuff.
0: Yeah, bonuses. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you are touching perfect with that, the, the rocks, the foundations, and we call it of our team laying the foundation. So before we start getting into anything that you would consider advanced or even a little bit tougher, we just want to nail the simple stuff. How are we sleeping? How's our quality of sleep? So obviously there's a big difference between sleep that hours and, and quality. How's the food you're eating? How's your water? And how's your day-to-day stress? Now can we build on that? Let's get them in a great place and now can we build on that? And that's, I suppose, where you will start to introduce a little bit more specifics when it comes to your mobility and your movement. But I think, you know, touching on it from a specialist like yourself in the world of movement, that the important things is to have the foundations laid and the simple stuff nailed makes the biggest impact over the long term and then everything else is more of a supplementation is more of a bonus is something to then obviously build upon which is absolutely incredible so you know from your experience i know you've worked with tens of thousands of people you know in and around the world of movement and obviously have amazingly highly impactful goals in regards to what we're trying to do with movement 101 which is incredible what would you say are the biggest things that people come to you with or the you know the biggest problems surrounding their movement
1: I suppose like, the most common issues would be the likes of back pain, lower back pain, and this is again quite important regarding something like back pain. We can look at it like the common cold. So what that means is pretty much everyone listening to this or watching this is going to have back pain at some point in their life. If you have yeah. back pain, it does not automatically mean structurally there's something wrong. What it means is potentially you're lacking movement. Again, maybe you're stressed, maybe you're not looking after the lifestyle factors. There's many multifaceted reasons why you have back pain. But what we don't want to do is over catastrophize it. Be worried that again, you're broken or you've got a degenerative disc, which is essentially like wrinkles on your spine and completely normal. Uh, So again, just give the client, give whoever's listening here the confidence, clarity and conviction to take the ownership, the education and the responsibility of this situation. That we can deem as completely normal and it doesn't have to derail for six months to a year or again take over the whole life and begin to negatively impact their life their relationships and what they believe they're capable of so again that's what we would do similar we would look at the foundations we look at the principles what are you lacking right now what can we introduce right now and again from there progress and advance past this level that you're at right now but back pain is an issue that we deal with all the time and again it's just the, the misinformation around back pain so that that's what I would say is massive for people who are suffering right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we work with a lot of kind of career professionals, people who are quite static on a day-to-day basis, well, come to us very static on a ba- uh, day-to-day basis, you know, kind of sitting at a desk Punched over and stuff. So I think it'd be actually quite interesting to lean into um, what you kind of think is is really impactful in regards to movement for people who generally have a less active lifestyle, don't move as much, work more so office based. You know, is there any kind of best practices you have kind of, I suppose, beside the obvious ones in regards to, you know, every, you know, hour or so trying to get up, get moving, make sure we're not too stiff and sitting down for too long, or even posture. Because I can imagine posture sitting at a desk is something that's also gonna have a a big impact. And I know for me, for instance, I've sometimes get into that bad habit of hunching myself over a little bit more. And I think that's where, you know, little things like in regards to computer placement, in regards to where you're looking as opposed to you know consistently looking down or back support within a seat and so forth. But is there anything that you kind of implement? So I know for instance, it looks like we're standing up right now from like a standing desk uh, perspective, but anything along those lines that you think for people that kind of work w- on a desk and you know have their desk job, for instance, that you find might be great to implement from a movement perspective?
1: Yeah, 100%. But the first thing is regarding posture. Again, that's misinformation that people are deeming a bad posture, because in reality, the issue is what the brain, the body is craving is movement. So what yeah. you're really doing by you being here every single day it's not a bad issue. The idea is that the body just wants more movement through this area. Yeah. So the same idea in the sense of the foundations can we consistently rather than increasing the intensity of you moving. So really simple. What we do with our clients every single day is you build them a daily routine and we encourage them to do it as soon as they wake up. It'll take you no more than five to 10 minutes, and it's almost like you're brushing your teeth. And the idea is, imagine just doing that for 10 minutes every day. In the space of a week, you've got 70 minutes of movement, of focused movement, but also you're building the habit of increasing this movement. Again, if you're stuck at the desk all day here, potentially what we'll do is get movement through your rib cage, through your spine, through your pelvis, because we know you're not going to necessarily get much movement throughout your day. But just like any kind of program, we can then progress that daily movement on the third week or the second month or whatever it is. But again, we're... Ultimately trying to fit something into their lifestyle they're going to be able to do. It's a good practice. And we can then begin to build on top of that practice. And you mentioned there as well, standing desk. So I'm on a standing desk here right now. It's not that standing is better, although you will burn a few more calories. It just gives you the option of moving. So if I'm here again, I, I'm an online coach. So I'm doing programming or I'm on my uh, computer. I have the option of sitting, of standing, of kneeling, of just changing position more often. And that's the joys of having a standing desk. And this idea of changing your seat or finding the perfect posture, they just don't exist. And what we want is to encourage more movement. And that's why uh, the likes of having meetings outside and going for walks or even again what a lot of tech companies now are doing are having spaces that people can move around can sit differently you can ultimately yeah, not be in the same position over and over again because again the body is craving uh, movement so move every single day sometimes easy sometimes hard but again if you can follow a progressive program in the space of a month in the space of a year you're doing so much more you're so much more capable and then you're only getting started because the idea as you know We never stop this. We keep training. Our mind expands. Our goals expand. And that's the true beauty of movement slash strength training.
0: Amazing. So as something that's kind of tangible for people to take away, how long would you recommend if somebody's kind of, yeah? I know movement could just be you sitting at a desk and just kind of moving around at your desk and it could just be standing up and, you know, being able to just have a little bit of movement. But would you recommend like specifically, you know, if you're sitting at a desk and you're quite, you know, maybe you're sitting on a Zoom meeting or whatever it may now be, that every X amount of time, maybe every 60 minutes, for instance, somebody should implement a good amount of movement as opposed to just kind of rolling their shoulders? Or would you recommend anything in particular from that perspective?
1: I'd say you have to make it realistic. And this kind of idea of putting an alarm on every hour just isn't realistic for an awful lot of of people. So if you make it really simple, what I definitely encourage is a morning routine. So again, two to 10 minutes can be really, really simple. The same idea again around lunchtime and potentially just before bed. Because, again, if you look at doing that once, if you can do that three times a week, imagine that again over the space of a week. So if, if I'm sitting at a meeting and I'm here for two or three hours, it's completely normal if I'm staying in the same position to be a little bit tight around my yeah, back. Course, yeah, but again, yeah. the idea is can I just move around, kind of just take a space, kind of go for a walk. But don't be afraid of being stiff. The issue we have is that if you're constantly stiff, or that's stopping you actually going to do what you want to do with your body, then you've got to be a lot more proactive. But you feeling stiff, that's not an issue. That's just what your, your brain, your body is going to do because it wants more movement. So use that as a signal going, oh, I can move that area. I should move that area. And again, having a system of once, twice, three times a day to move, that will just improve. You'll get more control and that will happen less often.
0: Absolutely. And I think one thing that we've really, really taken away from the last 20 minutes or so so far is that, it is so simple, you know, everybody over, and it's exactly the same thing when it comes to Let's say, for example, dropping body fat is something that's so overcomplicated. This diet, that diet, this training, that training, so many things come into play and it's kind of like people never start it. Because they And think- you know
1: why though? I just, sorry, sorry, I couldn't cross yeah, you. It's because I believe the responsibility is on me, is on you and on the person listening. And somebody always wants to go, but it can't be that simple. Like it's not easy, it's far from easy, but it can't be that simple, but it is. The difference is doing that consistently, that's where it's really difficult because there'll be days when you're stressed, there'll be days that you won't get something done, there'll be days when you don't want to do it. But the difference is again, making that as simple for you to implement this process. And as you mentioned, building on top of that, but people then look for more complicated answers, or it can't be that simple. When in reality, just take that responsibility because that's what's truly life-changing. It's not about the fat loss or physically moving better. It's you taking that ownership, it's you taking the education and ultimately implementing that information. And we have no idea what we do because me and you have done this, where that can take it. And that's the joys of really taking that information and that ownership.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, you know, it's like you say, oh, it's too good to be true. I can't just do that and it works. No, of course not. It's not that easy. And I think so many people look at, and again, the world of social media where people you know make an effort to make things even more complicated than it has to be. And I suppose when you take a pinch of that and a pinch of, nah, that's got to be too good to be true. It's kind of like, they never get started in the first place because they perceive it to be too tough. And one thing that I find that's a massive quote that I like is, perception equals reality you perceive something to be extremely tough that becomes your reality it then becomes extremely tough to do because you've got that mental block in the way but as brian's been saying like i say an absolute specialist in in the world of movement is sometimes it is a case that you just move your body you know if you're sitting static at a desk just get up and move for a couple of minutes and you know as a morning routine a bit of an evening routine and on your lunch break can you get a little bit of movement in and then just sleep well and these kind of things are an amazing start and yes there's lots of ways that you can progress this but it is as easy as that just to get started it is just a case of moving more looking after your fundamentals which i think is really important for the for the listeners to hear so thank you that's absolutely amazing so what is your kind of opinion when we look at stuff like your foam rollers and your massage guns and these loads of different things that you know people look at first before they look at the simple stuff what's your opinion on the world of massage guns and and foam rollers
1: uh, they can definitely give you some short term relief or short term results, but in most cases, what the claims they make or what people think they're going to get in terms of benefits or results yeah. just aren't true. You know, we Absolutely. definitely believed about 10 or 15 years ago, based off the research, that they where the answer, they kind of provided something else. But the research today will tell you that they will definitely improve range of motion for a short period of time. It's a novel uh, stimulus to the nervous system, to the brain. But ultimately, if you haven't got the strength, the coordination, the flexibility, the control yourself, the brain, the body, again, the lifestyle factors, the brain, the body will have to tighten up that area. So if you enjoy doing them and using them, by all means, continue. But they're just not necessary if you don't enjoy doing them you don't have to do them if you're not getting the results we always say in the space of four to six weeks if you don't notice any tangible results or you keep doing the same thing you're better off changing your approach because the brain the body will respond extremely quickly and will latch on to something once it accepts this information but the same issue that we see um with strength training people doing the same thing over and over again the brain the body will adapt to this thing you now have to progress it. So with foam rolling, stretching, or the massage guns, again, nothing wrong with them, but there's very rarely progression on what they're doing. So people keep foam rolling their quads, or they keep massaging their glutes, whatever it is. But it's the same thing. And the yeah. space of six weeks, six months, six Absolutely. years, there's nothing. There's no new stimulus, so there's nothing new for the brain to adapt to.
0: Absolutely, and I think that's kind of you know what we're saying here is it's the difference between the band aid and the cure. You know you're just putting a plaster on it it's not a long-term solution i think it's really important to obviously lean on the the idea of short-term relief and obviously long-term relief as well so kind of understanding that you know your foam rollers and stretching and so forth it's absolutely amazing for the short term you know if, if you're about to do a workout or you're about to do a run or something and you just want to relieve a little bit of tightness and a little bit of pain absolutely like i say by all means you enjoy that and you like to you know get nice and loose before you go and do a, a you know a short period of exercise fantastic but don't expect that to then be your long-term solution. We obviously then need to look at everything else we've been speaking about for the last 25 or so minutes in and around the longer-term solution. So that's obviously the difference between the Band-Aid and the cure. So absolutely amazing that, dude. So one thing I'd love to lean on towards the back end of this podcast as well is, what kind of impact does age have on movement?
1: Look, there's no doubt in terms of like physically, we begin to lose muscle mass, say over the age of 25, but particularly over the age of 30, testosterone, in both men and women uh, begins to decrease. So muscle mass naturally becomes more of an issue, particularly if you haven't been strength training. Uh, So that does happen, aging is a real thing, but we can definitely slow it down through strength training by putting in these practices, But again, looking after your your diet, your lifestyle, what you're actually doing day to day. But my issue is with um, people getting older, because again, I'm 35 years of age, I'm getting busier, I've got children it's that people's lifestyles and they end up having more responsibility day to day so their health becomes less of a priority and for me and you because we both invest in ourselves in terms of coaching we understand that if we actually put our health at the top we can perform better i'm a better parent we're able to actually be better for those we love around us i think that's a misconception with aging is that people begin to put this stuff down because they haven't got time but in our i believe the issue is well, then you're going to suffer as you get older so these practices i believe are necessary in order to be the very best whatever you want to be so rather than looking at it from a physical standpoint in terms of aging i think it's more of a, a mindset and an education Absolutely. shift that we, we need to have i like strength training is literally literally life-saving The issues of people over the age of uh, 55, research will tell you they're falling over, they're hurting themselves and they're literally dying because they don't have the strength, the control and the muscle mass to look after themselves. And these cliches are so true, your health is your wealth. And we all know this, once we're sick or we're not healthy, nothing else matters, nothing else matters. So I think health has to be a priority because everything else from there stems. I'm there
0: couldn't agree with you more and like you say there's no avoiding the obvious that when you do get past that age of you know 25 to 30 plus you do lose a bit of muscle you know it's just natural and well i say lose it if you can control it well you can at least maintain it but it does come harder to acquire but like you say i think the bigger part of that is it actually falls a little bit lower on the pecking order in, in regards to your priorities like you say more responsibility it could be children it could just be lifestyle factors it could be that you're deeper into your career business whatever it may now be but one thing, obviously, we, we kind of work with with our, our creative professionals as well, with the business owners and so forth that we work with is, you know, you have to be selfish to be selfless. You know, you want to give the maximum to your business, to your children, to your wife, to your family, to your friends. You have to be selfish to be selfless, because how are we now going to be able to give our maximum to our profession, our family and so forth? if We can't give the maximum to ourselves you know, if we wake up in the morning, we're lethargic, tired, we can't move properly, you know, A, what kind of example we stand for those around us, but B, our ability to actually be able to be there in regards to the people around us as well is deteriorating. So us being able to focus on number one, focus on our energy, focus on our movement, focus on our health, our physique, confidence, and so forth. We then have an increased ability to then pass that on to the people around us, more focus within the business, more time for the family or more availability and energy. Because a lot of the people that we work with, for instance, they come to us and say, look, you know, I want to get amazing results. I want to look and feel amazing, but I want to be able to run around with my kids again. You know, I run on my children, I just feel tired. You know, I feel lethargic, I can't move. I can't move around with my children as much as I like. So I would like to also increase my health a little bit, my fitness and my my movement to not be able to just feel amazing and look great, but run around with my kids again and be able to do well within my business again. And these things I think are so overlooked as we get older because we think I need to put myself as less of a priority to be able to prioritize everyone around us. When as the long-term, if we look outside the box and at the bigger picture, could be something that actually takes that away from you. So I think that's an amazing point that you touched on. Can, in- I,
1: can I just say that? Cause you mentioned plan. there, it's so true that it's like, once we get very clear of what we value, I think we'll all admit then that health has to be on par or at the top of that list. Cause you want to be the best parent or the best coach or the best business owner or the best, whatever, Again, if we aren't feeling good, if we're not taking that responsibility, it's going to be so much harder to do whatever we want to do to the best of our ability. And I think you're you're dead right, because I, me personally, as a business owner, I burnt myself out really badly twice uh, in the past. And a non-negotiable for me now, one of my keystone habits is four times a week, I'm going to strength train. It's going to have to happen. It has to be done. Because I can't operate at the level I want to operate without having this physicality, this mental uh, framework, and it's a non-negotiable. So again, yes, to be in good shape and move well and whatever, but actually to do and achieve what I want to achieve, this is necessary. Because I didn't do it in the past, and I could not do what I wanted to do. And again, so if you can find what you value, I'm very confident you'll just have health at the top or right beside it because it's a necessity to do whatever you want to do, whatever you value
0: dude i could not agree with you more and i think that's an absolutely fantastic way to segue towards the back end of the podcast really really powerful point so firstly from my end of things a huge thank you for joining us on this podcast and sharing your wisdom and value because i know absolutely every single person who has listened to this podcast is going to go away with tangible digestible knowledge that they can implement straight into their routine so dude thank you so much for joining us for the listeners where can they find yourself
1: uh, easiest place is probably Instagram I'd say so brian underscore movement101 uh, you'll see uh, Instagram you have loads of posts there so go and try and explore movement the biggest thing is that you're not afraid to physically move any questions drop me a DM or our website www.movement101.com uh, any questions please reach out and let us know
0: amazing you also have a podcast yourself right
1: I do indeed called the Tell Us Podcast so our uh, coaching service our individual service called the Tell Us Podcast and that's to help anybody so whoever kind of wants to uh, the archetypes that we deal with in the sense of the creator, the explorer and the hero of your life. So that podcast talks to great people around their experience, what they want to achieve and ultimately the systems and the standards that they put in place to be the very best that they can be because we all struggle through life. We're all doing our very, very best. And the idea is that um, we can help each other. We can use tools. No one is unique and what we want to do. Well, let's get rock and roll essentially.
0: Absolutely. Dude, thank you so much for your wisdom today. And we'll see everybody in the next episode of the Elite Body Performance Podcast.